to believe God is to acknowledge again, Romans 1 to 3, that there's nothing I can do to earn my way there, that the only answer that's satisfactory is to say, I trust Mm. Jesus for what he has done and that you credit that to my account. So it's a personal trust. Mm. It's not just that I believe Mm. what he's done, but I believe that what he's done has been now attributed to me. Hey, everybody. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Suzanne. And welcome to the Find and Follow podcast, where our hope is to help you engage your faith outside of Sunday. So today we're joined by our friend, Bob Schindler. Bob, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Glad you're here. Bob, can you just introduce yourself, tell our listeners a little bit about who you are before we jump in? Sure. Uh, I've been a part of New City since 2003. I've been a supportive missionary, my wife and I, since Mm -hmm. 2008. We have four kids, uh, four adult children and seven uh, grandchildren which are the highlight of our life that's right awesome. now. That's exciting. So, yeah, that's uh, very thrilled to be a part of that. Um, I'm also the lead volunteer for the Discipleship Operating System mm-hmm. Project that's going on at New City. Mm-hmm. I'm on the New City Academy teaching team, and then I lead a teaching team for an adult fellowship class at New yeah. City. So okay. then I am also, in my full-time work, I am the COO for Seed Sports, which is an organization that involves mobilizing churches to use sports to reach out to their community and then also mobilizing sports chaplains all about making disciples in and through sports. That's awesome. Love well, as it. a sports fan, that's a really mm-hmm. big deal. So, yeah. well, Bob, you're an integral part of what we do at New City. So thank you for what you do and thank you for taking the time to be here this morning. So today we're continuing in our pure gospel series, um, looking at Romans chapter four, which is really a conversation and Paul's writings about faith and how to be made right um, before God. Um, but both Gabe and Chris, this is what I loved, they mm-hmm. kind of um, took us back to Romans chapter three um, before they jumped into four. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, let's pause and remember chapter three. Um, and particularly the words, but now God in verse 21. Um, Chris actually talked about uh, what? Schoolhouse Rock? Schoolhouse Rock, conjunction, junction. Really what's funny. your function? Did you watch that? I did. Yeah, yeah, I watched that a little bit. I don't remember. We watched it a little bit in school. Um, I remember the one about a law becoming a bill or something. Yes, that's like I'm in just my a brain. bill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're all in there. Yeah. They're all trapped. <laughs> They'll be there forever. Uh, um, but I love, I think Chris said this and Gabe said this too, but but now God are like three of the most important words in scripture. Mm -hmm. So I want to kind of Mm -hmm. unpack that a little bit. Um, You know, Bob, how does the conjunction, but now change the narrative from bad news to the greatest news of all time? Well, I was an engineer by original education, so English was not exactly my uh, (laughs) good subject. I married an English major, and my oldest son is an English major, and they're constantly correcting my word usage, which is really funny. funny. Um, My mom was an English major. I completely relate. No, I totally understand. (laughs) So, But I've learned from studying the Bible about the importance of conjunctions that, as Chris Mm. talked about, they're connectors. They connect two ideas. And the but now is a contrasting conjunction. So you're, you're, you're realizing that in chapters 1, 2, 3, there's an idea that's being presented. And then 4, 3, 4, and 5 are a different idea. And 
the idea in one to three is that there's no one that's righteous before God. No one is in right relationship with God, that we're all in a position of in a wrong relationship if you wanted to contrast the right relationship. And then the but now is that a, a way in which to become right with God mm-hmm. has been made known that's apart from our effort. It's mm-hmm. all on God's effort toward us. So it's a very, very important contrast to get both the bad news of one to three and then the good news of the rest of chapter three and then four and five. That's good. That can be so easy to skip over or just like, it's just three words. You can kind of read it quickly, but I love the, this is how important this is because it it contrasts the first three chapters. Well, and I think it it, it totally sets, it's the transitioning piece Mm -hmm. in the book. Mm -hmm. And I think Chris mentioned that and Gabe did too. Like Mm -hmm. we are transitioning now to Mm -hmm. the good news, Mm -hmm. but it is, it's when we just read something quickly, we lose the importance Mm -hmm. of the words. And that's Mm -hmm. why Mm -hmm. when we're sitting in scripture Mm -hmm. to slowly read through it, Mm -hmm. um, really helps us digest it a little bit better and, and stop and look at, look at the conjunction and what it means. Yeah. That's really good. That's why like teaching is so important or sitting under somebody that's Mm -hmm. teaching you, Mm -hmm. you know, and, um, taking notes and learning is so important, but um, okay, so that was Romans um, chapter 3, verse 21, and then 22, Paul talks about being made right with God by placing faith in Jesus Christ, which is exactly what you're talking about, right? There's no way we can be made right on our own. Um, so how does this concept of faith differ from like a works-based approach? Yeah, I think that's a mm-hmm. great question, yeah. first of all. Um, Everybody is in a relationship, mm. sort of, if you want to think of it that way, a state of relationship with God. Mm. The question is, what is the state of that relationship? Mm. And how mm. did you get there or how did you not get there? As a, yeah. So we live in a culture that the state of our relationships is by our effort. Mm. Um, whether it's our family, our friends, usually we call that a transactional relationship, Mm -hmm. usually with our Mm -hmm. workplace, with our uh, school situation. That state of our relationship is a transactional one, one that we did something in order to be in that state of relationship. Mm -hmm. Now, Romans 1 to 3 says what we did to put us in the state of relationship was that we did wrong. Mm -hmm. And uh, then Paul is saying now, but something different has been revealed. And that is that what Jesus has done is now made a way for us to be in a right relationship with Mm -hmm. God because of what he has done, not because of what we have done, but because of what he has done. And so our faith is then based on trusting in what he has done to be hmm. deposited or credited or or um, uh, put toward my relationship with God. Yeah, that's really great. Thank you. Why do you think it's so easy to fall into this kind of workspace perspective or approach to faith? Yeah, I think there's a couple reasons. I, I think initially it is because we have a low view of God and a high mm-hmm. view of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Amen. So <laughs> um, we think... Um, the high view of ourselves is we're really not that bad. And so God is really kind of fortunate to have us on his team. So the idea of us 
being a little bit better so that God would accept us is not that big a deal. The gap between us and God is not that big. But once we get a big view of God and a lower view of ourselves, that gap gets much bigger and we realize we can't do that ourselves. Now, in addition to that, we live in a culture that is completely that way. Can you imagine um, at your annual review, if you're boss was sitting there with you and you said, you know, you've had a really bad year, Bob. Uh, in fact, you've, I'm going to list out all the wrong things you've done this year. Now, um, not only are we going to wash those away, mm. but your coworkers on your team and one in particular actually did a fantastic job this year. And so we're not only going to wash your bad record away, Bob, we're going to actually attribute his good work to your account or your employee record, and we're going to give you a raise on his behalf. Mm. Now, can you imagine that? That would never happen. That would never happen. No, it's uh, never going to happen, yeah, right? So that whole mindset yeah, of somebody doing something for us that we don't deserve and yeah. that would actually benefit us is so foreign to the mm. way in which we the, we yeah. live and the air we breathe in the in the world in which we, mm. we live in today. So yeah. because of that, I think... It's easy for us to slip back into, oh, yeah, okay, Jesus did that, but I've got to do something else in addition yeah. to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great illustration about work, the annual review, because we all have those. We do, you know, we do. And, um, you know, work is a part of all of our lives, and um, we want to do well at work. So that right. was, I resonated with that. Thank you for um, using that example. I wanted to, um, something you said earlier, I would love to unpack, just like we have a low view of God. Um, or we don't have the correct view of God. Um, and instead, we should have a high view of God and a low view of ourselves. Can you talk a little bit about, like, what's the correct view of God and maybe what's the correct view of ourselves? Like, when you say a low view of yourself, what does that mean? Well, I think it means to adopt uh, Romans 1 to 3. Mm. Yes. Um, uh, about yourself, that yeah. really, on my own, I am not worthy of anything any good because in my heart of hearts, mm. what I do is wrong. Mm. What I do is not holy. What is not righteous. If we were to talk about a high view of God. Okay. So that's, this is one of the reasons that God is separate from us. When I think Chris talked about that yeah. this past week, yeah. that mm -hmm. being holy is to be separate or distinct. And one of the ways in which we're so distinct mm. from God is that he is righteous, he is pure, he is perfect, and we are not. Mm -hmm. So I think adopting a low view of our, myself is that in, the, in, in relationship to God, mm. I am much different than him. Yes. And the gap yeah. between us is... Uh, insurmountable per mm -hmm. se. So that's a low view of myself. A high view of God is this idea that he is so much more majestic, mm -hmm. so much more uh, perfect, so much more righteous than we ever could even possibly mm -hmm. imagine. But we Amen. try to keep pushing it up and up and up. Amen. We think we can get better. Mm -hmm. So we're always going to keep trying to get better right. instead mm -hmm. of understanding the gap that is between us. Right. Th that his holy perfect. Mm -hmm. Right state is something we can never get to. Right. So uh, there have been many illustrations to that. I think Chris used one yeah. a couple of weeks ago when he talked about if we're in Hawaii and we're going to try to swim to 
uh, California. Mm -hmm. There's some of us that could get more than 50 yards. That would be me. I'm a horrible swimmer. Um, I swim with like me a sprinter. Too. I just make a lot of noise and nothing, nothing moves flashing. me. <laughs> and then my wife, on the other hand, swam in high school and I watch her and I go, she's not making any waves. I mean, it's just smooth mm -hmm. gliding yeah. through there. So, mm -hmm. but I'm, I'm not going to make it past the surf where she could mm -hmm. maybe get a several miles out. And there might be some people that could get 50, 60 miles, but nobody's yeah. going to even get close to California yeah. coast. The other yeah. people have talked about the moon and the earth. You know, yeah. we might be able to get up to the outside of the atmosphere, but nobody's mm -hmm. even close to the moon again. Yeah. So that's that distinction between that. how high or how holy God is and then how good. we are. Yeah. I think Chris, too, used um, Michael Phelps. Yeah, or something. That's, that's he right. was like, well, he mm -hmm. still wouldn't make it to California. <laughs> Even Michael Phelps. Yeah. I wonder how far he would be able to swim. Um, well, Bob, I would love to kind of talk a little bit about your story mm. um, and your understanding of faith, grace, and righteousness, kind of what you're talking about. Um, so how has your understanding of these things evolved over time? And have there been maybe specific moments or experiences kind of helped you um, understand uh, these things? Well, I did not grow up in a Christian home. Mm -hmm. um, I got exposed to the teachings uh, and the, uh, mm -hmm. of Jesus and the one redemptive story when I was a senior in college. Oh, wow. okay. So I didn't have a lot of baseline understanding mm -hmm. of those three things you just mentioned. Mm -hmm. um, but I've had, I've had significant times where God in mm -hmm. his grace has unveiled depths of that, as I think he does for all of us. It's yeah. a journey for all of us. Mm -hmm to grow in our understanding of grace and our understanding of faith mm -hmm. and understanding of what really it means to be righteous before God. Mm -hmm. um, I had uh, one significant one early on in my first, uh, uh, first year mm -hmm. or two of following Christ where I was sitting, spending some time just mm -hmm. thinking about the love of, of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I just said to him, I don't deserve this. Mm -hmm. And then he just said, like, in my heart, I love you. Mm -hmm. I don't deserve this. Okay. Hmm. I, and that happened three times. Okay. And it was profound for me because I grew up not only not in a Christian home, but I also grew up in a highly performance-oriented home where if you did something good, it could get canceled out by something bad very quickly, mm -hmm. even if the good was a lot and the bad was a little. So another significant time in my life, of uh, my journey of this is I was studying uh, John 15, and Jesus says in John 15, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Mm -hmm. And I began to think about the perfect love that the Father had for the Son. It was the, there's never been a greater love mm -hmm. than that love. Mm -hmm. And he turns around then Jesus and says to you and I, mm -hmm. That's the love I have mm -hmm. for you. And I, and I thought about that place where the love of God was so great for his son that he mm -hmm. burst out saying, you are my son whom I love and, who, and in whom I'm well pleased. And, and if you notice in the, in the scriptures, actually, there's two, incident, two accounts of that. One where it says, this is my son. And another one mm -hmm. where it says, you are my son. And mm -hmm. it, so in one sense, God is speaking to the audience mm -hmm. that's around, but in another sense, he's speaking directly to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so then I began to think about, that's what Jesus is saying to me. He's mm -hmm. saying, you are my mm -hmm. son, whom I love, and in whom I'm well pleased. And to Amen. be an object of Jesus's yes. pleasure is an incredible mm -hmm. thought. Yes. 
It changes everything. It, it, yeah. it really does. Yeah. And so I, the, over the over the last several years in particular, hmm. I continue to to just bask in that, yeah. just mm-hmm. that idea that mm-hmm. I'm I'm a I'm an object of pleasure to mm-hmm. the Father, the Son, and the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for sharing that. That's really nice. I mean, it, 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 so that yeah, feels like an honor. Like, yeah, yeah. That, that it's not it's the to be mm-hmm. the pleasure of God is like an honor. Like, mm-hmm. it's not something I've. I haven't done anything to deserve no, that. No, exactly, and that's yeah. the whole point. Mm-hmm. Uh, this isn't. Uh, I didn't. I didn't do a bunch of right things, and then and right. then God said, "Now I'm pleased with you." Yeah. And in fact, He didn't say, "I'm pleased with what you're doing." Right. Oh. He's mm. speaking directly in in you as mm. a being, as a person. That's who I'm pleased with. Mm-hmm. I definitely am a recovering performance person. Where like that's where I get my identity <laughs> is from what I do. And, um, it comes from a good place in some ways, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, I want to do good, you know, Mm -hmm. and I want to, um, solve problems and I want to make this world a better place. But I was realizing like, oh, I'm actually like kind of connecting how the love of God to what I do. Mm -hmm. And when you kind of realize that you're like, oh, I just have to like receive, there's nothing I can do to earn God's love. And there's nothing I can do to make God love me less either, mm-hmm. you know, and right. there's nothing I can do to make him love me more. There's nothing I can do to make him love me less. And that is vulnerable in some ways to be like, all right, I just am well, lo- uh, like well loved and mm-hmm. he's well pleased without doing anything. Mm-hmm. It, it changes everything. There's mm-hmm. a, a freedom there. And then you can go and do good works without the, the pressure attached of like, well, this is, this is who I am. You know, mm-hmm. there's no identity attached to that. Right. So I think yeah. it's, we are when we talk about word usage, we talk about that we are called human beings, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. human doings. Mm-hmm. And, but yet we function, mm. and I do this too, as, as, as what am I doing? Mm. What do I have to do? What have I done? What, you know, like I, I don't think mm. of like God loves me for just because mm. of I, I am, not because mm-hmm. of what I'm doing or have done. Mm-hmm. And that just, it's a different concept. Mm-hmm. We act as if we are human doings versus mm-hmm. human beings. Mm-hmm. I think there's a reason for that mm-hmm. uh, too, Suzanne, honestly, mm-hmm. uh, when we, it goes back to the whole story. Mm-hmm. In, in, the, in the first part of the story in creation, mm-hmm. we were designed to be fully secure in who we are. Mm-hmm. We were designed to express mm-hmm. the image of God into the world in which we lived. Mm-hmm. But after the fall, we lost that security, mm-hmm. and now we began to try to establish. I use those two words of express versus establish to try to ex- establish my now worth as a human mm-hmm. uh, in the world. And then, then we become Christians, and to mm-hmm. your point, Lindsay, become this follower of Christ, we can very easily yeah. switch back and forth from establishing yeah. to expressing. And honestly, it takes me pretty significant introspection to even get to the point of why am I doing this? Am I doing this because I'm trying to establish something Mm. or because I'm just expressing the being of who I am? Mm -hmm. Even coming on today, I was praying, Lord, I don't want to go there feeling like I've got to establish my value. That's, I want to just come and express who you've made me to be. So I'm I'm thinking about that even uh, as I'm preparing for the time here today. Yeah, that's good. I've been, um, so I grew up in a Christian home and I've been following Jesus for a long time. And I, one of my prayers is, is that I never grow tired, um, of hearing this truth, mm. you know, and I don't want it to just be mm-hmm. like something I hear and, and just something I 
am used to. Like, and you kind of talked about the basking in this, like that we are loved and he's well pleased with us. Like, I just, I want to feel that, mm -hmm. you know, this basking in it. I don't want it to just be something that's going through the motions, you mm -hmm. know, and because um, it can when you've been kind of in it and hearing it for, you know, as many years as I have or as many years as we all have, you know, I want it to just be fresh and, you know, to my soul every time I think about it. So that's one of my prayers um, just as I go about my days. So um, thank you for sharing part of your story. It's good to hear. It's good to hear that. Um, okay, so let's kind of move to chapter four. And Paul uses two star witnesses um, and Chris spent a lot of time diving into mm -hmm. them, Abraham and David. And um, Bob, why do you think Paul chose to use Abraham and David um, to make the case for the good news of Jesus? I think the main reason that he did that was he was trying to connect this idea of uh, reckoning of righteousness, this imputed righteousness, mm -hmm. this crediting of righteousness. He was trying to connect that with the with the one redemptive story. He was trying to show that this wasn't a new idea per se, but that it had it was rooted in the the story that the Jews had known from the beginning. Mm -hmm. And he and he brings two people out that they would obviously know very well. And he shows how these ideas were a part of their lives. Yeah. It wasn't something new that was started in the mm -hmm. first century. This yes. goes back mm -hmm. for thousands of years mm -hmm. and is a part of the story, the, the fabric of the story from the very beginning. So I think he's, he's trying to demonstrate that to them who mm -hmm. would have questioned that yeah. or who would have been been uh, quick to point out, well, no, no, that's not the way God works. No, that this is the way God works. Mm -hmm. God has been doing it this way from the very beginning. beginning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I really appreciated particularly how Chris unpacked kind of our view of Abraham and David, because, mm -hmm. you know, you kind of grow up mm -hmm. and they're, they're these like stars of the faith and, and, and in some ways they are, but I love that Chris was like really unpacked Abraham's life in particular and, and David and all of the mistakes they made and all the ways that they are in need of God's grace. Um, that was a pretty, pretty revolutionary thing to me learning later on. I was like, oh, I think I put these men on these pedestals, mm -hmm. but really it was actually God, you know, that gave them, um, the strength to, mm -hmm. to have great faith. So, um, but um, so thank you for your answer. I really loved that. Um, Chris also kind of talked about this quote from D. James Kennedy, who I'd not heard of. Um, mm. Had you heard of him mm -hmm. before? Yes. Oh, great. <laughs> I'd not heard of him, so I learned something new. Um, but he had this quote. Um, it said, if you died tonight and stood before God and he were to say to you, why should I let you into heaven? What would you say? Um, and he kind of had two answers. I tried my best to be a good person or I believed in God and tried to do as well. So, Bob, considering this question about entering heaven, why is it important to distinguish between simply believing in God and putting our trust in him for what he has done for us? Uh, it's interesting that he brought up D. James Kennedy and yeah. Evangelism Explosion, mm -hmm. the first church that I was on staff with. Um, we did Evangelism Explosion. Oh, and I was in charge of outreach yeah. at that church, yeah. and so I yeah. had to learn the... the um, the leadership material of that. And we would go out into the community and, and knock on the uh, mm -hmm. neighborhood doors mm -hmm. and interview yeah. people and engage in a conversation yeah. and hopefully at some point ask them this yeah. question. Yeah. And I'll never forget one lady who uh, looked at us and mm -hmm. said, uh, young man, I've done so many good things, even God's forgotten about some of them. Mm. Oh, wow. Hmm. And I, if I would, if, if she were to say that today, I'd probably step back away from it, <laughs> from, from that, wherever that was, not yeah. knowing what might happen next. But, <laughs> but the sense. idea that yes. 
um, that God is mm. considering good mm. um, and letting that way outweigh the bad is yeah. is a way that most people that I've ever asked that question yeah. to yeah. answer. Yeah. Um, and so mm. the, the the idea that what's the difference between believing in God yeah. and trust or believing God, uh, uh, believing God and believing in God. Yeah. If you, if you were to think about every mm. religion out there, mm-hmm. yeah. Islam, Buddhism, Hinduism, mm. Judaism, uh, all believe in God mm. and their effort then is to try to earn a place with God, Mm -hmm. but to believe God is to acknowledge again, Romans one to three, that there's nothing I can do to earn my way there. That the only answer that's satisfactory is to say, I trust Mm. Jesus for what he has done and that you credit that to my account. So it's a personal trust. Mm -hmm. It's not just that I believe Mm. what he's done, but I believe that what he's done has been now attributed to me. And so that's, to me, that's Mm -hmm. a big difference between believing in God and believing when God says, I'm crediting it to your account, Mm -hmm. that righteousness. So it's a significant, significant change and Mm -hmm. dramatically different than anything Mm -hmm. that any other religion offers out there. Yeah, that's really good. Um, can you pronounce the what was the word that the the word that means credited righteousness? Legizomai. Legizomai. Oh, there, nice. <laughs> like, can you pronounce that? <laughs> um, and can you unpack that? Which you probably just did, but I don't know if you needed uh, or wanted to add anything more. But can you explain the concept of credited righteousness that um, Paul talks about in Romans four? Yeah, if you'll go back to that illustration that I talked about with mm. regard to the workplace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Imagine again now, Bob's mm-hmm. sitting there before a supervisor, and I've got this record of all the wrongs that I've done that, that yeah. year. I've all the assignments mm-hmm. that I didn't turn in on time, all the projects that I failed mm-hmm. to do. That, to erase that is one aspect of the work of yeah. Jesus Christ. That's mm-hmm. the forgiveness yeah. mm-hmm. of this mm-hmm. wrongdoing. Mm-hmm. But that's only part of mm-hmm. the beauty of the gospel. And I always like to think about the gospel as this diamond that has all these different facets mm. that are related to each other. They're not distinctly different. They're all beautiful in and of themselves, but the beauty comes when you connect them together. So mm. the forgiveness of Jesus is very important, but it's not the only facet of the diamond. Mm. There's another facet of the diamond that goes back to that illustration. Is not only mm. is my wrongdoing erased, but Amen. but all the right that, that yeah. this other employee did is now attributed to me. So I mm. get not only forgiven, Mm. but I get credited, Mm. justified, given righteousness of Jesus so that I am now not just a clean person, but I'm a perfect person in the eyes of God because I have Jesus's righteousness. Mm. You know, there's that verse in 2 Corinthians that says, he made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf Mm -hmm. so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So it's only because I'm in him that I have this righteousness. There's nothing that I've done to do anything, but he gives me his standing before God. What a freedom. It is such a freedom. And Mm -hmm. I think we sometimes, I don't think we focus on that credited righteousness. Mm -hmm. And I love the picture of a diamond to go, Mm -hmm. there's the forgiveness, there's the righteousness Mm -hmm. that we are given because of what Christ Mm -hmm. has done. 
not because of what we mm-hmm. do. Good. And it, it is so there's so many different parts to it. Right. Yeah. And we can sometimes, and Chris said this mm-hmm. when he was talking about Abraham and the stories, like we simplify things yeah. to think it's just this easygoing thing. But yet when we live our lives, we understand the complexity of our own individual mm-hmm. lives. And then you put that mm-hmm. together and it's like this overwhelming thing. And we mm-hmm. feel like we're never going to get to God, but it, we, we're not even, mm. we're not even in that race. Yeah. That's not even, mm-hmm. we're not part of that. It's already been done. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's just Mm -hmm. freeing and beautiful to me. Well, as we kind of, um, head to closing, Bob, I would love to ask one more question and just kind of end with the person of David. Um, so can you talk a little bit about David? Kind of give us a high level. What are some bullet points of, of his life? Um, and what lessons can we draw from David's acknowledgement of his sin and his understanding of credited righteousness? I think people in general have uh, a misunderstanding of David because mm-hmm. he's called the mm-hmm. man after God's own heart. Yeah. And they think that that's the reason that God made him the king. That's the reason that yeah. God made him prosper. Yeah. And in fact, it was the reason I thought hmm. that he did those things in, in 1999 when I actually did a series on King David. Hmm. And he was the hero for all ages. Hmm. And then I heard somebody talking about David from what I would call a gospel center perspective and about how David couldn't conquer the greatest giant in his life. Hmm. He was not the hero of the story. Mm-hmm. The hero of the story who could help him conquer the greatest giant in his life, which was sexual immorality, yeah. uh, was Jesus. Jesus is the hero. And David wasn't picked because he was a man after God's mm-hmm. own heart. God picked him because he was the least of the sons. Mm-hmm. He was the younger, the one mislabeled as even worthy of this. Mm-hmm. Nobody even thought he would be a king. And God said, no, because you treated him that way, I'm going to mm-hmm. now pick him and I'm going to make him a man after my own heart. Mm-hmm. I didn't pick him because he was a man of my own heart. Yeah. I'm going to make him that way. But that didn't mean he was perfect by any stretch of the imagination. He, as was talked about by Chris in the message, he was a troubled man. Mm-hmm. He struggled with sexual immorality and with women all his life. If you read the account mm-hmm. of him, this was his biggest giant. Mm-hmm. So much so that he killed the, the man mm-hmm. whose wife he had an adulterous affair with. Mm-hmm. But after that, even there was much more. His family was a total wreck. His son was actually trying to overthrow him and chased mm-hmm. him around yeah. the, 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 the landscape of mm-hmm. those days. So he doesn't end life really well in many ways. Yeah. But David wrote Psalm 32, which is the passage that, that um, Paul quotes in Romans. Uh, And then he wrote Psalm 51, both of which are beautiful expressions of what it means to be forgiven Mm -hmm. and what a blessing it is to have a God who would not only Mm -hmm. um, forgive us, but then also attribute righteousness Mm -hmm. to us. Mm -hmm. So David was a man that knew that. and he knew it because he had a low view again of himself. He didn't write those, those psalms when he was doing great. He wrote those mm-hmm. psalms when he had failed miserably. Mm-hmm. And he had a low view of himself. Mm-hmm. And then he understood what an incredible gift it was mm-hmm. that God would do that for him. Amen. Amen. Well, Bob, thank you so much for being here and just for sharing your heart and sharing what God has taught you. We're just really grateful mm-hmm. for your time. Um, would you mind closing us um, in some prayer? It'd be my honor. 
Father, we, we um, so honor you and so want to honor you more. We know how low we can still think of you on, uh, on days when we're struggling, on days when we wonder uh, if you're there, on days that we wrestle with our doubts. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I'm just grateful that that's an example of our weakness before you, but you don't cast us away in those times. You draw us close to you and you want to teach us. Even these words from uh, Romans 3 and 4, you want to teach us that there's nothing that we do to cause you to love us more. There's nothing that we do to cause you to love us less. You love us deeply. So would you take these words from today and drive home even more fully to the listeners that uh, hear these things about these great truths of Romans 3 and 4? Would you free people up to embrace the righteousness that you credit them, that would free them from the pressure and the and the um, just the captivity of feeling oh we have to perform in order to be loved. So thanks for this time today. We ask these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. 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 Thank you, Bob. Thank you all for listening. You can find this episode wherever you listen to podcasts. 